Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 130. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have a returning guest, Olivia Sanabria. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, it's a pleasure. And in the vein of similar episodes you and I have made together, we're going to be discussing the arts, specifically the Golden Globes. And we've oriented this episode in time between the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards. And I personally believe there's a lot relevant here that is worthy of listening after the award ceremony. And before we formally begin with the discussion, I'd really love to know how you approach the Golden Globes every year and what they mean to you as a fan of the arts, as an actress yourself, and as an American citizen and consumer of entertainment media. I'm a huge fan of movie season, which begins around Thanksgiving and goes until mid-January. It's when the most critically acclaimed movies are out and most of the movies that are nominated. And during this month and a half long period, I usually see upwards of 10 movies in theaters in a very short amount of time. And it is my favorite time of year. It's something that my mom did growing up. And then she introduced me to when I started college and we just go see 10 movies in two weeks. And it's to me an interesting way to consume media because when you see that much in such a short amount of time, it actually, for me, makes it easier to analyze them all because you see them as a season of what's happening now that's reflecting what's going on in the real world in one way. And then also, you know, they were made two years ago and then released now. So you can see how things have changed even within a few years. So for example, two years ago and last year was the hashtag Oscars So White, where there were no actors that were not white nominated in any category for two years in a row. And now this year, which is two years later, so when Oscar So White happened and, and then the movie people went back to the drawing board and said, okay, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. This year, we have things like Moonlight and Fences and Hidden Figures. There were more actors of color nominated this year than in the past two. I really appreciate that. And it's fascinating to hear how you consume so many movies in such a short time. I think that would have a very profound effect on your analysis, your appreciation of those films. And as an official foray into the conversation, where do you think it would be wisest to start this discussion? I think a good place to start would be the two winners of Best Picture at the Globes. For Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, La La Land won. And for Best Motion Picture Drama, it was Moonlight. Those two movies, in my opinion, were the clear winners in their respective categories. However, it is interesting that over the course of the night, La La Land won so many awards, whereas that was Moonlight's only award. I think that their respective content and target audience and general reception are something that should be discussed and analyzed. So La La Land, which won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Score, Best Song, Best Actor, Best Actress, etc., Versus Moonlight, which was nominated in many of those categories, but only one for picture. It's just interesting to me as somebody who saw both of them and saw most of them. I think they're both incredible films and I would have given more awards to Moonlight. I think that La La Land, everything makes sense, right? About how many wins it got. It's a huge Hollywood picture. It has these incredible stars. It's a musical. It's a calling out to movies of the old, like Singing in the Rain. 
Moonlight, on the other hand, is a little more unconventional with the telling of one boy at three different times in his life, a lower budget than La La Land, not at all a musical, dealt with much more difficult content about uh, one boy's struggle growing up in, in Florida versus, you know, La La Land and the glory of LA. So they were definitely targeting different audiences, but Moonlight was just made as such an incredible film. Some would say that the fact that La La Land won so many awards, given its huge budget and its musical qualities and star power versus Moonlight, which only won one award, and it was the story of one boy struggling to grow up in Miami and dealt with drugs and the stories of people of color. The difference in numbers of awards won is a commentary on the things that society values. And as a question to you, having not seen either La La Land or Moonlight yet, would you say that one is distinctly more uplifting, optimistic, cheerful than the other? And I do have an inkling even before you've answered the question. La La Land is definitely more cheerful, but I don't think that is a reason for it to win. I think absolutely the movies are an escape and a form of entertainment for people, but they also should be storytelling different stories around the world and the country. And La La Land tells the story of two white artists struggling in L.A., And it's very cheerful, but at times it's also very sad, as all movies must have conflict and ups and downs. And I think La La Land is more of a feel-good movie, which may be why it won more awards. But I think Moonlight taught me more about something I didn't know. I think Moonlight shed light on a storyline that I didn't know much about, and hopefully anybody who sees that movie gained a new perspective. Or, contrastingly, maybe somebody who identified more with Moonlight gained a new perspective on seeing La La Land, but I've certainly seen more La La Lands than Moonlights. And while I suspected your answer to the question would probably be La La Land, I share your sentiments that a happier, more optimistic film should not necessarily be treated with any more reverence, respect, or adoration than a film which shows more grim, complicated, and perhaps unpleasant elements of life. And I do wonder if the Hollywood press or HFP's decision about these films and other art that was judged in the Golden Globes says anything about our preferences as people in the media and art that we consume, which many, I think logically so, could argue is a form of escapism. And so perhaps there are those who would not vote for a sad or grim film because it reflects truth in all of our lives. And I wonder if perhaps La La Land as a musical reflects a certain dream or aspiration that people have, because even to those who could relate to an L.A. lifestyle of trying to pursue work in that field, song doesn't break out in everyday life and dance numbers also are not choreographed with such magnificent flair. And I think often when we see films, perhaps sci-fi as an example, we want to be taken to other worlds or see different versions of our own, which I don't think is inherently good or bad, but I do think audiences should reflect upon. And another thought I had as I was watching the Globes, which I would love your input on, is that perhaps La La Land was so well regarded because a musical film does so many things in terms of showcasing the talent of not only actors, but singers, dancers, and performers of various qualifications and interests. And perhaps people, as spectators, are more enamored of those who seem to possess not only one incredible talent, but an array of talents, and in the case of a musical film, talents which can be interconnected to create a spectacle. And I'd really love to know if you 
think there is any validity to that idea, or if you think there are other reasons, perhaps, for La La Land's incredible success at the Golden Globes. I think spectacle is a great word to use. In some ways, watching La La Land feels like it's screaming that it wants to win awards. It reminds me of Wolf of Wall Street, American Hustle, those movies that are filled with stars and that director that's all over the news and costumes and song and every single aspect of the movie is asking to be celebrated. And I think it's a huge feat. I do not knock anything Damien Chazelle achieved. I think bringing back the movie musical is an incredible achievement in today's Hollywood. I think that Ryan and Emma were incredible. I hugely admire them. I do believe the film deserves everything it got. I guess the question is, does it deserve it more than the other films? It was a very interesting year for movies, and I remember watching previews this summer and in the earlier fall and thinking La La Land seemed to be one of the only movies coming out that screamed spectacle. It was sort of the year of the indies, with Moonlight and Manchester by the Sea and Lion. La La Land, to me, was the only huge Hollywood award movie, so it made a lot of sense that it won so many Golden Globes. What I think I loved about this season was that the lack of spectacles challenged the Hollywood Foreign Press and hopefully the Academy to nominate and celebrate these independent films that have really touched the hearts, I think, of Americans this season. And what's great about the Globes is a lot of the categories are separated into comedy and drama, which allowed different types of films to win. And only time will tell how things will go at the Academy when there is not the separation of comedy and drama. Will it be Moonlight or will it be La La Land? Will it be Ryan Gosling or will it be Casey Affleck or Denzel Washington? And I'm really happy that you mentioned Manchester by the Sea, another film admittedly that I have yet to watch, but my family has watched it and has discussed it with me and noted that they thought I would really like it and then went on to describe how soul-crushingly sad it is, so let's hope those two thoughts aren't interlinked. But my mind is caught on the idea that art in being ever more capable with the technology and tools available to us as people can convey a wide array and incredible depth of emotion. And one of my thoughts, perhaps touching on Moonlight, but I would say certainly touching on Manchester by the Sea, is that if a film is going to convey sadness or deep sorrow, I would argue in order to be award-worthy or perhaps in order to be noteworthy to the general public, that sorrow has to be nuanced in some way. If it's a piece about heartbreak, there has to be some truth revealed there or some commentary made which maybe has not been made in the same way or with the same tone or emphasis in the past, because while art is certainly derivative in many ways, I do think we as people and artists as artists deserve new means of expression and the chance to push the artistic envelope, so to speak. And I'm also grateful that you mentioned subjectivity, as did Billy Bob Thornton, who won for Best Actor in a TV Drama, and in his acceptance speech, he noted that this room they were in is filled with talent, and that these awards are, in many ways, very subjective, which is an excellent point, but I do think for artists and those who create really anything, as people who are often very sensitive and very driven, I don't know if that point always lands home, because ultimately we as people, and especially for creators, want to win, want to be acknowledged, and I think rightfully so, and that is a very tricky element of this award season, although in future films, etc., actors and actresses will be known as Golden Globe nominees, so they are not completely forgotten in that regard. 
But I'd love to know, as someone who will pursue acting professionally, what you think about this system of evaluation, essentially, because I wouldn't claim that everyone should get an award. I think that diminishes the value of awards. And yet I can't deny the pain that I imagine comes with being so close and ultimately being denied in some capacity. I'm really glad you brought that up. Obviously, anyone would love to win an award, especially at the top of their field, like an Academy Award or a Golden Globe. But at the same time, as Billy Bob Thornton brought up, they are subjective. And at the end of the day, what do they really say about one actor's performance versus another? It's a huge honor, but at the same time, does not winning one of the awards really take away from the performance? I'm sure there are many artists in the field who wish these awards didn't exist altogether. I would imagine those types of people believe that the art should stand for itself and that it should speak to who it needs to speak to without being awarded by the general public. I think the people who would say these awards do matter are the producers and the studios because when Moonlight wins Best Picture, its ticket sales go up that week. When Room won Best Picture last year at the Globes, my mom and I saw it the next day. These awards do matter in terms of financial, and I'm sure they get people jobs. A new director who's nominated for an Academy Award could then go on to have a really successful career. It's not that they don't matter. It's just that they're truly subjective. That being said, back to an earlier point, I do think who wins these awards can shed a light on what is happening in our moment. For example, one of the most anticipated awards of the evening was Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. The real two contenders were Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea versus Denzel Washington in Fences. I saw both, and I truly thought both of them were incredible. Both movies were great. Both of those actors absolutely did the piece the most justice they could. Both very moving. And ultimately, Casey Affleck won for Manchester by the Sea, much to the Twitter sphere's disappointment. If you do not already know this, Casey Affleck has been accused of sexual harassment and assault on multiple different cases with women he's worked with. So, for example, my community on Facebook, after Casey Affleck won, had a very strong negative reaction because they felt like the Hollywood Foreign Press was awarding a rapist in so many words. And it's actually something I have a lot of conflicting thoughts about because, like I said, I did find his performance very moving. And at the same time, it is disappointing that somebody who has had multiple allegations against him could be awarded at the very top of his field. And it's certainly fair of you to feel conflicted. There are countless cases, especially in visual arts, of artists or creators being accused or even found guilty of terrible crimes. And I think it's often difficult for us as consumers, as audience members, to disentangle or try to disentangle the creator from the creation. And arguably it is impossible and could be discussed in a separate episode. But with the mention of social media in response to the Golden Globes, I observed that evening that people were already reflecting on and responding to the political comments made at the ceremony. And of course, there is Meryl Streep, who I will come back to. But what I noticed pretty immediately is that in Jimmy Fallon's opening, he referenced Donald Trump or the results of the 2016 election a handful of times. And later on in his acceptance speech, Hugh Laurie referenced Republicans and then went on to mention the psychopathic billionaires everywhere. And of course, we have Meryl Streep's speech. And it's worth noting that in my perspective, politics and art and creation of any kind will always possess this entanglement of ideas because often, I would say in the best cases, the art we consume makes a comment about our world. 
And in as far as we live in a society, politics is very relevant to how we interact with one another and where power falls. And I'd also like to note that I was particularly saddened when Sofia Vergara came out to present an award and was given a joke on the teleprompter that was, of course, written beforehand about her accent. And essentially the joke, however brief, made of her a caricature, which I certainly don't appreciate and find it a bit ironic given how inclusive the Golden Globes could and I think should be as a celebration of human art, not necessarily of certain cultures over others, although I won't claim that any of this is fair or representative of our entire globe. But touching on Streep's speech, I was intrigued by the fact that she was speaking from a place of knowledge and certainty, and while I will admit that I share her political feelings, she talked about a disabled reporter, and from Hollywood, there's no real representation of the disabled in cinema or in television, at least that I find to be mainstream or evident, and that's problematic. And I'd be really curious to know what your take was or what stands out to you in all of these politicized moments. I think it's the job of artists to comment on what is happening in our country. I think that Meryl Streep so bravely and eloquently used her platform as the recipient of the Cecil B. DeMille Award with such a large audience to tackle a seriously concerning moment in American history and Contrastingly, Jimmy Fallon has actually been extremely criticized in the past for his lack of use of his platform. When he had Donald Trump on his show and he did not press him on any difficult issues and ruffled his hair, he was picked apart by every news source for his casual interactions with the presidential candidate. One of the most common quotes I think used in the theater is that art should hold a mirror up to life. And I think that the movies try to do that and they don't always get it right. But I really appreciate every time an actor or director or writer uses their moment on that stage to make a statement. We all expect them to say hi to their families and thank their team and those things are important. But what's even more important is the size of the audience watching. And I think the amount of political content on this Golden Globes is a direct reflection on what is happening right now in our country. I completely agree. And to point to another eloquent actress, I think you said all of that very articulately. And I also think the ways in which awards are distributed can often be a political statement in that you said before with the hashtag Oscars so white, that social media movement shifted the content in a very clear direction, which I think is important. But I would like to add that awards to more diverse communities do not reflect progress necessarily any more than our first black president reflects a post-racial society. I think it is a step in the right direction, and certainly acknowledgement where there was previously tremendous ignorance is an important step. I think listening to stories and recognizing not only the struggles of people, but numerous injustices in our and other societies is important and worthy of certain celebration, but not to the point of illusion. And I would say that I was particularly pleased that Zootopia won for Best Animated Film because animated films have tremendous capacity to take us anywhere that can be drawn or sculpted. And the fact that we were shown, in my opinion, admittedly as a white man, an incredible world that both concisely and in a nuanced manner addressed issues of race and other areas of conflict in our society 
in a medium and in language that could be consumed by a younger generation, all of that made me incredibly happy. And I'm not saying that Zootopia is infallible and should certainly at some point be discussed on a separate podcast episode, but that was a moment I was really happy about because I saw that film and whether it succeeded or failed, I loved what it attempted to do. And in my opinion, it did in many ways succeed. But having discussed films that have brought increased awareness and have responded to criticism both from social media and film critics, you've made the point earlier to me that we see the most social change reflected in television. Yes, I'm so proud and happy of television in America right now. And it is personally the area that I want to work in because of this exact conversation. And there's something about the way TV is made that allows it to adapt more quickly to the modern moment than movies. It might simply be the fact that movies take one to three years to make and TV episodes can be made in a matter of months. But television writers and creators are always seeking to directly respond to what the people want. The sitcoms reflect the type of families we're seeing in America, and the crime shows are tackling race relations better than most films. And the fact that Atlanta won the best series and Donald Glover won best actor and The People versus O.J. Simpson won countless awards, all examples of the fact that TV is reflecting America more than the films. And something I've been talking a lot about with people at school recently is how most of us would rather pursue a career right now in television than in film because it just feels more current and diverse and has greater representation than films, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes. It's not perfect, but it's certainly heading in the right direction. And I think you could even go a step further and say that the consumption of television is often a more social act than the way in which we consume movies, where at least in a theater setting, we're in a room with many people and are asked to be quiet, But when we consume TV, the setting can vary, and many of us watch with groups of people late at night with snacks, etc., in an attempt to discuss what's going on, to enjoy what's being consumed. And of course, everyone's heard of water cooler moments where the next day, coworkers or other friends will discuss what they saw. And that's not to say that movies are not also socially consumed, but I do think you make a valid point that television holds a certain social role. And before we close this episode, what would you like the audience to consider after listening to this discussion? I hope that when watching the Academy Awards in a few weeks, you will celebrate the victories of those who win, but also consider all of the factors that go into those awards. Consider who's voting, who's consuming, and who's not winning those awards. Even more importantly, I hope that you go see all of these movies. It's important to see them in theaters where they were meant to be seen, and it's a great way to spend time with family and friends and see the stories that are being made today, in this moment. And I would similarly encourage our listeners to think critically about any media that they consume, but certainly movies and television which are given a certain priority in our pop culture as reflections of us and what stories are being told, but also what stories are not. And I think it's important as people, all of whom are capable of creation, to ask what stories aren't being told, and perhaps for people like yourself who are particularly inclined to begin to pursue those stories and try to bring them to light where they might otherwise be forgotten, discarded, etc. And while I'm certainly not the cinephile that you are, I'm always grateful for any chance to further the discussion and critique of the entertainment industry. And I'd like to thank you for your willingness to talk. Anytime. It was my pleasure. 
But as ever, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. Ours are, of course, only two voices, and certainly not representative of all moviegoers. So if you have any thoughts or opinions, please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us via Twitter or Facebook, where if you like our page, you'll receive weekly updates when we post new episodes. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to as well as reviewing the show and sharing it with someone you think might appreciate it or get something out of it. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.